Friday, Friday, Friday. It doesn't have as much as a ring to it, but it is exciting Boom. for some. Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner. I don't know what your plans are this weekend, James, but I have my in-laws coming into town. So <laughs> that Friday you... feeling is not as jolly as it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't mind them. I was going to say, but... are you? Are, is this one of those classic like, ah, my in-laws? Or are you like, no, I'm cool with my in-laws. No, I'm fine with them. We we have a bit of a history in the sense that when Katie started dating me, I was the first girl that she had ever dated. Uh-huh. And they're very old school San Francisco. They're not um they're not oh. like progressive San Franciscans. They're old ass Catholic. Gotcha. <laughs> like Joseph Westlake <laughs> every day kind of oh, like oh, North oh. Beach yeah. old Irish Catholic of San Franciscans. Gotcha. So it was a process. I mean, 11 years and counting. But they finally, I, I, I feel like if I was a dude, I would be just their dream come true. Oh, really? And, and I'm like, j- like I get a, a few points docked because I have boobs, but I'm, I'm pretty good in their book now. <laughs> It's been a process, though. I mean, it's taken 11 years for them to get over your vagina. But other than that, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it like that, it's very disturbing. But yes, I agree. (laughs) And I and I I do enjoy talking to them and having dinner. It'll be nice because we haven't seen anybody. We haven't seen our parents in so long that even even with all of the baggage that comes with the meeting and the greeting and the hanging out and trying to keep them entertained for the weekend because they don't really like much of anything. Oh. All of that doesn't matter because I'm just happy that anyone is coming. <laughs> now, did, are you guys going through the whole thing? Or are they staying in a separate place? Or are you like, get it, did everybody they get tested? They are staying in a hotel. Well, I asked. I was like, are we going to... Uh, I believe they are getting tested. And they. I asked, I said, are they staying here? And Katie said... God, no. (laughs) COVID or not, they're not staying here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that it's a little safer for them to stay contained in their hotel and then we meet them places. Ah, got it. I think that's going to be the plan. So, um, but it's going to be nice. It'll be relaxing. It'll be good to see family. But um, I, I ran into something last night. And when you watch a show with Chris... What is what is your agreement? Because every couple has an agreement. And many roommates have an agreement with this too. Watching shows that you both are watching, but then watching them separately mm. and moving on to a series when uh, you're not when you're on a different episode. You uh, know, like huh. say you're watching. Uh, oh, I don't know. This is so hypothetical, but Umbrella Academy. <laughs> so and, so hypothetical. <laughs> and you're halfway through the series together and then you, you know, you're you're running around all day because you have a busy job and then you come back home and you realize that your wife has watched four episodes without you. No. And uh, that doesn't even bother me that much anymore, but she has now tasked me with keeping up all week. Oh. She's like, well, now it's yours. Uh, like, you have to, wh- where are you at with Umbrella Academy? I'm like, nowhere. I don't have time to watch anything. And she was like, well, that's your loss. I'm like, what? What? So what is your, what is your agreement, if anything? I, I would imagine you have one. So we we kind of do. Here here's the thing. I've I luck out a little bit in this category because Chris is not the biggest TV watcher on earth. In fact, I've been the one that sort of drags him to watch TV. The only things he's he's ever really really gotten excited about. He did finally get excited about the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Um but it took me that many years to get him to watch Game of Thrones. Uh, so that was definitely a no, no. Like there was absolutely no way come hell or high water. We were watching that. Um, marvelous. Mrs. Maisel was another one. We had to watch that together. And, um, most recently it's been drag race. Like he's completely upset. He is now, he, I feel like he's watching drag race from like 10 years ago. Like he's completely obsessed with RuPaul's drag race, everything about it. I cannot go one millisecond ahead of him like if he pees he's he's sometimes like i think it's you or katie one of you will get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of a movie right and come back and be like oh whatever no he's like pause it i have to pee like i don't want to miss anything oh, wow 
Yeah, I I am so the opposite of that to the point where I've given up on catching up to Umbrella Academy and now I'm just watching it with Katie and I've missed like seven episodes. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, all right, I don't know what's going on. And she was like, some crazy stuff happened on this episode. Do you want me to just show it to you? I was like, fine. <laughs> so she just showed me <laughs> like so the 10 it. minutes of like some crazy stuff that happened. And I was like, whoa. And then she was like, all right, so now you're caught up. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Ta-da. And then 15 minutes into that episode, I was like, who the hell's that? And she was like, oh, that's a d- different part you missed. I was like, okay. So I I think for me I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I don't really care about it but uh-huh. there are people that will get I mean Whoa. strong strong like things being thrown uh-huh. cops maybe I mean just authorities getting involved all kinds of just weird stuff when you watch a show without your partner's permission. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is a big deal. And what, but this is why I feel like I'm sort of lucky and that we have one show at a time, everything else I want to watch. And he also falls asleep every, every night at like eight 15. Well, I'm naturally a night owl, even though we get up early. So I'm like, I got another two hours. Sweet. So I'm going to watch whatever the heck I want to watch. So then I go watch all those murder crime things you've got me into or like yeah, unsolved mysteries murder. or my Did new you finish one- Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yes, I did. Oh my God, that's crazy, right? But like, he wanted nothing to do with that. So I would just wait until he fell asleep and then I'd switch over and watch whatever. So best of both worlds, I get to get what, watch what I want to watch basically on my own timeline. And then our one show that he can commit to, we watch together and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, when we get back, we are going to delve into the deep, dark web. We've done it once before on Top Subject. And it made James very uncomfortable. This was not on the schedule. Allie. It is not on the schedule, Ugh, but I'm go- this is a, a hat trick. I don't even know if that's a sports reference. I don't even know what it means. Um, when we get back, <laughs> no, we're going to venture into the dark <laughs> web like with a part. game. Yes. <laughs> can James guess the price of things that you can buy on the no. deep dark web? No. Things that are very, very exist. legal. Okay, uh, the meat market. That's a whole category. But this week we are <laughs> going to market? focus. <laughs> we're going to focus on exotic <laughs> animals when we come back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. <laughs> yes. There's the clear net. That's what you normies call it. And then Wait, there's it's called the clear net? Yeah, that's the vanilla, you know, the internet that all of you call. <laughs> Why can't we just call it the internet? Because <laughs> it's the clear net and the dark net. The depths uh, of the dark net know no bounds. No. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they do. Buy. Their bounds are here. I dropped the subject. It needs to stop. <laughs> I I, we're going to so do things a little overdose. differently. We played dark web prices oh, right really? one time. This is going to be a little different. Our dark web game this week is going to be, I'm going to list three items that you can buy on the dark web. And James oh. Simmons, you have to put them in order. From most expensive <laughs> to least expensive. I don't like this whatsoever. For the record, I'm putting this out there whenever this was. This is one of those things that's going to come back to haunt me, right? They're going to be like, oh, you're running for senator, Dr. James. Or like, oh, Dr. James Simmons has owned, you know, CNN special. And they're going to be like, oh, Dr. James is the new Surgeon General or whatever. Yeah. And they're going to be like, do you remember that time you played Dark Web and you were laughing about people's remember limbs? Remember when you bid on cannibal meat? <laughs> Right? They're like, remember you put priced in order, like uh, people's organs. Tracking devices yeah. on people's do, cars. Do you remember that? I think I'd already done enough in my past, but now thanks, Allie, you're making it worse. Yes, I think last time we played this, you bid on the price of an elbow, a human elbow. <laughs> but I, I'm, I, so this is going to have a, a category that I think you'll like. Okay. We're going to just do animals, okay? Exotic <gasps> animals. No. All of them are alive. The little bubbas. Um, the only thing that's, well, I guess it's still alive. What do you think, just as a tester, how much do you think an ostrich egg would go for on the dark web? Oh, leave the ostrich eggs alone. I mean, I guess that is people, not That is incorrect. <laughs> that, is a, that is a wrong answer. Goodbye. I guess people eat them. Like, I think maybe I've even had ostrich egg before. Uh, hmm. An ostrich egg. I'd, I don't know if it's that just rare. One. Few, few no. hundred? Couple hundred? You, you can get an ostrich egg on the dark web for between 30 and 50 bucks online. Pretty good oh, deal. Oh, wow. Uh, a yeah, green purple okay. spotted pit viper, on the other hand, will kick you up to about 250 And then a baby ring-tailed lemur would run you about 2400 bucks. Um, um, but that is not the question. Those are not the official items. Are you ready to hear your official items, James? All right. I'm ready. 
replay this awful okay. game. Here is your first item. It is two <laughs> Black Panther cubs. There is quite a market for big <gasps> no. cats these days. They're small now. They're only three months old, but panthers uh. usually get to be about 250 pounds, six <laughs> to seven feet long. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> this is one male and one female, so it's sort of like your Adam and Eve situation if you'd like mm. to start your own big cat's no. empire. Leave him alone! <laughs> you're, so, <laughs> you're so upset. Um, all right, and then your second like item is... an. <laughs> This is an animal that a lot of people I know would like to have. And just a little, a little puppy. Just no, a totally illegal adult male spider monkey. This oh. would require permits and things that you probably can't afford or don't want to look into. Spider monkeys usually found in the rainforest of South and Central America. According to the specific seller, he's real sweet. He's currently available at a facility in Tennessee, so I imagine you'd have to go take a trip across the country to pick him up but uh -huh. um you would have yourself your very own monkey they eat nuts fruits and leaves and spiders so that's a pretty affordable diet <laughs> they could eat that's great um leave the spider monkey how did spider monkey get to tennessee in the first place this is the issue <laughs> <sighs> i don't know if Whatever you really want to go down lab. the rabbit hole of tracing no, we don't want to go down that because it's gonna give me answers that i don't want to okay whatever what's the last one let's get this okay. thing over with the last <sighs> one Allie johnson dark web <laughs> is three bear cubs this is part of a blowout sale heavily <laughs> discounted <laughs> Their names are Jeff, Wiggles, and Puffy. Oh, they, they were born names. together as part of the same litter. All three of these amazingly cute bear cubs are now on sale. They must go together as a group to a very caring family, is what they say, with plenty of love to give. How so, the hell are you going to get three bear cubs at one time? Like, where are you going to put them? Yeah, like, do you live in a palace? What are you supposed to do? Seriously. Or maybe you are just a zoo. Yeah, like that's do fine. zoos Maybe. just do all of their <gasps> animal shopping on the dark web? On the dark web. Okay, that makes me feel a little. And they're bit like, better we found her in the jungle, and she was injured, so we took her in. So we it's took really her. like we bought her on the dark web. <laughs> right, wink, wink, and then they make up that whole story that's on that placard outside of their little cage, whatever. I mean, zoos are kind of problematic anyway, but zoos to some degree do really good work, and they save the little babies. So maybe they went on the dark web, and the zoos are buying up all the babies. Okay, that's the story we're gonna go with, Allie. The zoos are okay. saving all the little babies on. Um, on the dark web. On the and dark I web, yeah. They're making. <laughs> okay, they've been vaccinated. So there's three bear cubs, one adult male spider monkey, and two panther cubs. What order would you place them in from most to least expensive? Spider monkey is least. Black panthers, bears. Bears is most expensive. Three spider bears. monkey. No, I'm going to go black panther most expensive. Spider monkey second most expensive. Bears least expensive. Wow. You think the bears are the least expensive? Because there's they're more common. You gotta be all dark to be good, get some bears. It's just we live in California. Just go down the street. I got some hills behind my house. Probably some brown bears up there. You guys want to come hang out? Okay. <laughs> all right. Interesting. Well, that is what James is locking in with. Uh, he says that the the cubs, the panther cubs, are the most expensive, followed by the spider monkey, followed by the three bears. And our Goldilocks, aka our contestant, has placed his answers. We will find out if he is right after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, if that radio show was too goofy and the other radio show was too sad, this one may be just right. And yes, I'm making Goldilocks and the Three ah. Bears references because... Very good. Three Bears was one of the items that you had to name the price of, James, in our dark web game here on Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. Thank you and for I listening. If you missed anything, download that podcast at uh, Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast and get at us on social media at DTS Show. And I feel like this bear got it right. Ha ha ha. Get it. Yeah. This bear figured out that three. Although you were really surprised with my <clears throat> guesses. I think that spider monkeys are a rare thingy dingy to have around that you should not have around, by the way. Don't buy spider monkeys. Don't go on the dark web. So we start with the most expensive being the Black Panther brother and sister cubs. Then the spider monkey. Don't do this at all and the three three brown bears were they brown bears yeah the yes they are they're three brown bears thank you for asking and their names again mm. are jeff wiggles and puffy uh, and as far as i know oh goldilocks my. did not break and enter into their house and uh, kidnap them i don't know where they came from but uh -huh. um, they can be yours for a price let me reveal the actual prices of these items for our dark <laughs> web game oh so very good, you Drew said Carey. that the that the 
least expensive was the bear cubs. Yes. I am sorry to tell you that the least expensive is the two Black Panther cubs. Apparently, what? those are pretty easy to find these days. Everyone loves big cats, so there's Damn, a lot of demand Tiger already, King. which means that <laughs> they've been popularized, which drives <laughs> the price down. Uh, the second most expensive is the adult male spider monkey. Yeah, I got that one right. $13,000. Good. $14,000. 14. Good Lord. I mean, regardless, it should be $0. We should be leaving the damn spider monkeys alone. Yeah, damn just let it. them go eat spiders. That's what they want to do. You All right. And then obviously the number one most expensive is those three bear cubs at three bear cubs. $17,900 for three bear cubs. See, this so. is not an apples to apples sort of thing, though. We got one of this, two of that, three of that. You're totally throwing me off. I don't like the dark web game anyway. I feel like this was a setup. I normally win every game here and drop the subject. If you're a new listener, you might as well just change my name to Dr. Winner because I dominate all games. So I think you are just lying and making things up. Oh, Isn't that what people do on the dark web? Yeah, uh-huh. I, think I think that's what people do when they lose is that they I try and blame. I am not a sore loser. The- nope, <laughs> yes, not are. at all. <laughs> I am, yeah, well, stay no tuned way. for next week when we cover <laughs> stolen vehicles, okay? Oh, uh, oh I'm Car good stealing on I mean, demand. Also not stealing. You, um, you know, <laughs> speaking of stealing, a lot of people feel like they are being robbed right now of a job because, as you know, there are things going on with Uber and Lyft that are very complicated. I know... Uh, you know, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that we love rideshare drivers. I used to be a rideshare driver, and we even used to do a segment called Tales from the Lift. Welcome to Tales from the Lift! And <laughs> yeah. Which is usually about weird, off, off-kilter stories that take place in the rideshare world, but what is going on right now with rideshare and the 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 law around independent contractors is is kind of crazy. So with with rideshare, everybody right now that is a rideshare employee is classified as an independent contractor, meaning that mm-hmm. you don't you work for yourself, you don't get any benefits. So they uh, a, a judge has ruled that that is not okay, and that all of the ride-sharing Lyft drivers need to be made full-time employees. Well, Uber and Lyft are saying we can't afford to do that, especially now in COVID times when there's been a slump in ride-share use. It would be next to impossible for us to actually offer that to our drivers. So Uber and Lyft are appealing the court decision, but they say if they lose the appeal, they would have to possibly, at least in California, shut down potentially until November. <clears throat> that is really insane. You know, this actually, it's it's AB5, Assembly Bill 5 here in California, has actually impacted nurse practitioners as well. Oh, and that's physicians. right. Because a lot of you, yeah, you guys a have A lot been, of us were- You were all, indi- sorry, folks. Yeah, y'all, right? We're independent contractors. And, you know, there it's a big deal when then hospitals have to like bring you on as an employee and do all these other things and you become W-2. Um, it really changed a lot. And a lot of it was unintentional. So this part of the reason they're reviewing this bill now- is that they they were some unintentional consequent unintentional consequences from things like this, um, and so I am certainly not for Uber and Lyft having to leave California. Their employees, however, or the people that work for them and contract with them, do need more protections. However, although Ali, did you see that Lyft's Lyft makes up California makes up sixteen percent of all of Lyft's business and nine percent of all of Uber's business that. I mean, things like that sink companies, man. If profit margins from some companies change between three and five percent, they like go into bankruptcy. I cannot imagine Lyft losing sixteen percent of its revenue like that overnight. Yeah, and you know, some of these companies too have gone public, so you know they have stock investors to worry about and keep happy. And there's just there's so many different things at play. I also think that I I, I don't know about Lyft, but I don't know if Uber is the best with their money. <laughs> um, <laughs> What, so, bro? What are you talking about, bro? We, we no. parties, bro. We go holiday parties. With them, man. We don't have money for holiday parties? Uber yacht. Okay, we'll be <laughs> Jesse is whispering in our ear. Please stop talking. Stop. All right, we'll be back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. New Channel Q. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. You. Yeah, yeah, you. Listen, we are not all about the fear tactics here. But I think sometimes you got to pay a little bit of attention when... 
the man, one of the mans, you know, we, Dr. Fauci's been the man for a long time now in terms of like infectious diseases and a, a particular, you know, he's he's like an idol right now in the United States, at least in the public health world. And there's another guy, Dr. Robert Redfield, who's come under some fire for some things, but he's the director of the CDC. And he had an interview, Allie, with WebMD. Whoa, really? Oh, yeah. WebMD is trying to do this whole thing. They're trying to be like a whole... They're trying to be Ask the NP, basically. They're trying to be this whole like resource on the web, and they got videos and interviews and all kinds of stuff. And it's actually great. I mean, I love... I joke. WebMD is a fantastic resource. It can be a little dry sometimes, but it's really, really great. Okay. I I would love to have a WebMD on so that we can talk to WebMD and ask WebMD and Ask the NP <laughs> and see... Do a battle. Yeah, <laughs> battle of the WebMD versus the NP. Ask the NP. Well, the uh, WebMD, they are able to do things like interview CDC director, Dr. Bob Redfield, a, which I have not done, although I've met him. I've met him a couple times. He's a very nice guy. Uh, I got to grill him hot? about- Is he hotter in person? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very smart and very kind. I did get to grill him once about sort of like why prep is not available for and, and cheaper for uh, marginalized populations. Um, oh, wow. So it was good. He had sort of very political answers, but it was good. But anyway, he was on earlier this week and he kind of scared the crap out of everyone because he was like, we're basically in for like the worst fall ever, ever if we don't start doing what we're supposed to. When John Kennedy said, don't ask what your country can do for you, ask for what you can do for your country, I'm going to try to paraphrase that for your country right now and for the war that we're in against COVID. I'm asking you to do four simple things. Wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, and be smart about crowds. You do those four things that will bring this outbreak down. But if we don't do that, as I said last April, this could be the worst fall from a public health perspective we've ever had. Oh, then. Ever in all of history. Ever well, in all of history. Can you imagine how frustrating, and I, I imagine you probably do know what this feels like because you being in the health field, you probably give people advice or direction on how to take care of themselves every single day. And then you watch people just not do those things over and over and over again, right? So even when I, I go to physical therapy and they go, here are your exercises. And I go, great. And then I leave and I go, well, why can I still not use my shoulder? Yeah, and then I come back and they're like, you're doing exercises? And I was like, F you. No, I do try to do my stuff, but... It must be so frustrating to work for the CDC, be in the limelight all the time, tell people the same stuff over and over and over again. For the past five months, they've been saying those four things. Wash your damn hands, wear a damn mask, uh, social distance, and don't go to places where there are large crowds. It seems pretty simple, and it's something they've been saying over and over and over again, and yet they have to sit there and watch everybody say that it's a myth, that it's blown out of proportion, that wearing a mask is taking away my freedoms, uh, the freedom to breathe movement. I mean, the irony. <laughs> I can't even. It is quite ironic, isn't it? To have all of these people be like, I can't even breathe. And it's like, yeah, what? <sighs> Guess what happens when you get COVID? You know, the people go so far with that, Allie, to not wear a mask as to even... Being an individual who is committed your life to protecting and serving, like Florida Sheriff Billy Woods, who refuses to be part of a cover-up alley. This is his story. So he's forbidding his deputies and staffers from wearing face masks oh, at work. Oh, that's right. I heard about this. Forbidden. Ye yeah, forbid them. He says, now I can already hear the whining. And just so you know, I do not did not make this decision, decision easily. I've waited out for the past two weeks. <gasps> but he doesn't want to be a part of the world's greatest conspiracy theory ever. So he is not letting his deputies wear masks on the job. That is great. I wonder why men don't wear masks, Allie. Well, it's funny you say that because we are going to be on with Dr. Jen next, and she's going to explain the psychology of why people get pissy about masks. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back with Dr. Jen. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons, our nurse practitioner, a doctor, but 
once a week. Well, a couple times a week, we bring other doctors on. But Dr. Jen is a licensed psychotherapist <laughs> that we love talking to every Friday. Uh, she is the author of many books, including The Relationship Fix, which sits on both of our bookshelves and hopefully yours as well. Also, writer of it at weeklyinstyle.com. A column called Hump Day with Dr. Jen, where she answers all of your sex, love, and relationship questions (laughs) and anything mental health related. Dr. Jen, how are you? I am doing pretty well. I'm hanging in there, you know, midst of a pandemic doing my best to practice what I preach. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's always good to follow Dr. Jen too at Dr. Jen Man because she shows you directly how she practices what she preaches. <laughs> and, you know, we've had so many conversations about mask wearing and what is it about some people who just don't want to wear a mask. And we saw this great HuffPo article about the psychology behind specifically men and why they refuse to wear masks. We just wanted to get your thoughts on it in general about why you think people don't want to wear masks, why it's such a threat, and why is it such a threat for men specifically? And it's really interesting. And, you know, as much as we want to say, like, there's no difference between men and women and you know, all that sort of stuff. The truth is that gender psychology studies are showing that men tend to think differently than women and especially heterosexual men in particular, which this article seems to kind of focus on. And that typically men view things in more of a hierarchical way. In other words, they look at who's on top, who has the power, whereas women tend to look at things in more of a communal way in more of a like we're in this together we're working together whether it is work or home or any place else so it makes sense that in the assessment of wearing masks that a lot of men are looking at this in terms of weakness and strength in terms of power who has it who doesn't and what does it mean if you wear a mask and instead of viewing it as like oh well the lone ranger wears a mask and you know he's cool And I can wear a mask and be cool and be strong and be masculine. A lot of men are looking at it as a sign of weakness, which is kind of ironic because where you are more likely to get a weakness is if you get the virus, you will be physically weakened, unable to protect your family, unable to be there for them. You may be in a hospital not protecting your family or, God forbid, on a respirator or even worse. So the assessment is really obviously incorrect and unhealthy. And also, as we know, men don't tend to be particularly great at self-care. That when we look at the statistics and the studies about getting regular checkups, getting colonoscopies, getting you know all the various different things that men need to do, and I'm sure James can really speak on this as a nurse practitioner, that it's much harder to get men into a doctor's office to get a checkup. And typically men who are not in a relationship, and I've seen more studies about heterosexual relationships than same-sex relationships, but typically it is the woman who is saying, go to the doctor, it's time for your checkup, let me book that appointment for you. And when men are not in relationships, they tend to have poor health and not be as good about taking care of their health. So it makes sense that this extends to masks, which is really a health issue more than anything, but it's unfortunately become a psychological issue and even a political issue. Well, I think you, you really nail it there, Dr. Jen, about it being a political issue, a psychological issue, a health issue. You are 100% correct. The strategies we sort of need to use to encourage people to do things, particularly in a preventative health standpoint, are very different for like uh, female identified heads of household versus men in general, or depending on the particular family dynamic. And one of the things that seems to not work, and I know we're generalizing here, but there there is data behind this. One of the things that seems to not work with men is shaming. And a lot of people are realizing this. You can't really shame someone into doing this these habits or wearing a mask because it almost has the opposite effect, right? Men tend to like dig their heels in a little bit more. And Dr. Jen, I'm just wondering sort of from your experience. So if we're, no, we can't really shame guys into wearing masks. What are some of the other kind of strategies of the men that we love in our life who might be a little bit more resistant to wearing a mask? Healing to strength as opposed to weakness. And what the study that uh, this Huffington Post article talked about 
revealed is that when you tell men you need to do this, take care of your family, they feel more resentful and they feel like, who the hell are you telling me how to take care of my family? But when there's an appeal to taking care of the community, men seem to wear their masks more. I also think mm. that um, you see a photograph of a man who the man you're hoping to wear a mask respects that mm. you can share with them, whether it be a sports star, a celebrity, a politician, that's a really good way to do it. Also supplying masks that that guy really likes. Maybe it's a sports team logo or a phrase or a saying or a fabric that he particularly likes that that could be really helpful. When we when we get back, I want to dive uh, further into men and self-care because wearing your mask really is a form of self-care and I really think it's amazing that you put it that way. Um, more with Dr. Jen when we get back right here on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. We're talking to Dr. Jen Mann, our favorite licensed psychotherapist who we always chat every week with about anything mental health related going on in the world. This week we're talking about people in general not wanting to wear masks, but specifically why this is a problem among men. And Dr. Jen, you mentioned that wearing a mask is definitely a part of self-care. And you know you mentioned that statistically men aren't as great with self-care, even when it comes to preventative care and medical care. Do you feel like that's changing? Do you, Is that something that you try to improve upon in your practice directly when working with men? Absolutely. It's something that I am constantly processing and discussing with men and trying to put it in context. And again, we talked before the break about how gender psychology studies show that men tend to view things in a hierarchical fashion. This is why most men don't like to ask for directions because the person who's supplying the directions is the one in power. They have the information and it's mm-hmm. up to them first the information. It's the same thing with the checkup. The doctor is the one in power when you're viewing things in a hierarchical way. So it makes it harder to go in for a checkup if you view things that way, because you're then in a vulnerable position. And most men, according to gender studies, don't like to be in that vulnerable position. So it's an important part of the therapy and work with men to shift that view to help them to see that actually, look, the best thing that you can do that shows strength is A, be willing to be vulnerable and B, live a long, healthy life so you can be there to fight for your family and and to do all of the things that you want to do. So it definitely is a part of therapy and a part of men's health. And anyone who cares about men needs to be discussing this with men and helping them to put it in perspective. I know, know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, a congressman, uh, Louis Gommert, who was a fierce anti-masker, almost a conspiracy theorist about COVID, and was like, I didn't wear a mask for months and months and months. I finally put a mask on, and then I got COVID-19. Oh, and he says, well, maybe the mask actually caused me to get this. Oh, it's no. Se- <laughs> right. It seems so oh. much like, kind of generalizing here, but is this something that tends to happen a little bit more in men that... Even when the, the proof is in the test, the proof is in the pudding, you didn't wear your mask, you got COVID-19, and then you still go back to blaming the mask. Well, I think that we all have biases. And I think that if you're someone who has a bias against wearing a mask, and you finally decide to wear a mask, you're probably wearing a mask because the numbers are rising in your community or your state. And that you wear a mask and you happen to get COVID around that time, well, first of all, as you know, as a medical professional, your exposure occurred anywhere from probably three days to 24 days prior to your actual test results showing that you got it. Mm -hmm. Unless someone has coughed on your mask with COVID and then handed it to you, you're not (laughs) mask. It makes no sense scientifically. So I think that what that shows is that we all have biases Mm. and that's irregardless of gender. And if you have someone who has a bias against wearing a mask, they start to wear a mask and then happen to test positive for COVID. They may try to create a link in their mind because that's what their bias is. And I think that it's important that we are very aware of our biases, especially in a pandemic and that 
they are able to really look at the scientific facts as we know them to be. And unfortunately, that's constantly changing and evolving because we know so little about this virus. It is so new and the information is constantly changing. And also, there are a lot of filters on the information that we're getting that are concerning. That at one point, the CDC was saying, for example, don't wear a mask. And then later they revealed, well, the only reason why we said that was because there were not enough masks that were available for health professionals. So we were giving this biased information because we had to protect healthcare professionals. But no, you really should wear a mask. Right. When it comes to just wearing a mask in general, I know that there's been this whole like political aspect of, oh, you're taking away my freedoms or whatever. But is there a psychological aspect to covering your face and covering your mask and anxiety or fear around having part of yourself covered up? Well, I think that a lot of people who are claustrophobic do have anxiety around that. And, you know, anyone who has spent a lot of time wearing a mask who's not used to it, myself included, you know, when I do unboxings of like Amazon packages, I wear a mask and you know, the whole thing and gloves and the face shield and all of that sort of stuff. And at the beginning, when I started doing it, like I was having trouble breathing, like mm. I was claustrophobic, but it took me a while to kind of adjust to it and also kind of uh, experiment with different kinds of masks that fit differently and kind of figure out sort of what I needed to do. That said, I have a lot of doctors in my private practice who are wearing masks every day all the time. And there's also been some incorrect information about oxygen and mass and carbon dioxide that is just completely untrue. And if it were true, all of our doctors and nurses would be dead because they wear masks all day <laughs> long and did prior to this. So bingo. I, yeah, I think that sometimes we, our psychology and our anxieties get the best of us with this. And then what we just have to do is practice wearing a mask and really look at our self-talk because when we think we're going to have trouble breathing in a mask, we start to have trouble breathing in a mask. When we say like, hey, this is safe. Doctors wear this for you know 20 hours a day and they're just fine and I'm going to be fine. I think we respond very differently. Hmm. I will tell you that there's really only one or two conditions that I can think of in all of my medical experience that would prevent someone from needing to wear a mask at a time. Otherwise, you you can wear a mask. It's okay. I have done it for five or six days in a row, 12 to 14 hours at a time. I promise you it is okay. Dr. Jen, man, thank you so much. We love having you on. What a fascinating conversation. Be sure to, of course, follow Dr. Jen at Dr. Jen, man, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. Read her weekly column uh, in InStyle Magazine on Hump Day every Wednesday. Dr. Jen, we will talk to you next week. I look forward to it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Is that time? That's right. News It or Lose It time. I've got two headlines. James has two headlines, but each of us can only news one of them. The other we will lose. It will be lost in the abyss news in another it, dimension for the end of Time. Ah, do you have your dinger danger? Dinger. There you are. Thank you. And mine. Thank you. (laughs) Here are your headlines, James. I do all the work on this show. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Headline number onesies. Couple gets caught in $4 million gambling scheme. I kind of love casino gambly wamblies, like uh, like it's Ocean's 8, 11, 12, 14, 17. I want to star in one. Okay. The all queer one. I'm out there. Casting directors, you hear me? Let's go. I'm losing it. Ah, so you're losing the second headline, which is here's where to find the best pickles in Los Angeles. Oh, so sad. You'll never know. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, we have <laughs> right. more than Los Angeles listeners here. So you and I will just have to talk about that at another time because we never talk off the air. Um, I know. Headline number one for you. Herman Cain died two weeks ago. So why is he bashing Kamala Harris on Twitter? Oh, Jesus. Lose it. Lose, <laughs> lose, lose. I just thought it was kind of funny that Herman Cain started tweeting yesterday about <laughs> Kamala Harris, but he died of COVID after going to a rally in Tulsa. Okay, so this is what you get. Then you got to hear about it. I'm so sorry because I was never really a fan. 
Jackass star Steve-O duct tapes himself to a billboard in L.A. to promote new comedy special and is forced down by uh. firefighters after he gets reported on Crime Alert app Citizen. <gasps> <gasps> Worst headline ever. And longest. Yeah. But I will use it because I have to. And yes, I, I was never a big fan of Jackass either. Um, it was part of that Tom Green, oh, hey, we're just going to do stupid stuff and, and like put our butt on things. I think that there's this, I'm not, not to be, too, you know, not to be too PC about every freaking thing, but I get it. Like, I like people falling and stuff like that. Like, I think it's kind of funny. Like, I, I laugh at those things, but I think there was something even in me in like high school, college, whenever these things were around that I was like, this must be the ultimate I wasn't calling it privilege at the time, but I was like, this must just be the ultimate in the concept of privilege that you just got enough money and you don't have a freaking care in the world that you can just go like push your buddy in a shopping cart down a hill and break three legs and then heal and be fine and then go out and do it again. Like I was like, screw you, buddy. Some of us got to work 19 jobs and go to school and support our families and not try to get killed by police and all those. Like, I think I knew that as a concept when I was younger, which is why I hated it. Right. And then you also, on top of it all, are probably the one who ends up having to fix their leg. (laughs) Right. Bruh. uh, Why is my kneecap coming out of my eyebrow? I burned my skin off. (laughs) In a bet, and you're like, okay, now I have to treat you with <sighs> third degree burns. Now I dumbass. have to treat you. Well, dumbass Steve O, who I, I'm glad to hear that he's a nice guy. He's made a career out of doing dumb things, so good for him. He duct taped himself to a billboard alley uh, in Hollywood yesterday and wasn't up there for very long. He, he, he was on a billboard advertising his new comedy special. Ha ha. Got it. See? He's doing that thing <laughs> where people like, pay attention he's to putting me. putting him. Yeah, he's putting himself on a billboard. He's putting himself, like literally putting himself on a billboard. So he did that and he's in his, what looks like a diaper, surprise. He's got some horrible tattoos because the only thing he's wearing is this diaper. He's got some horrible tattoos once the LA uh, fire department, God bless you, came and de-duct taped him and pulled him down. He's got like, you know, the lady outline of the lady sitting back, leaning back with the boobs sticking out that people would have on the back of their trucks. Mm-hmm. He has that in a, in a woman who's probably like a size 24 or 26. I'm sure he thought it was funny. It's not. He has that where? On his body, on his stomach. So As a tattoo? Yeah, whatever. I can't. <laughs> God bless the Citizen right. app, though, because it, it alerted me to this, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that James got alerted about Steve-O's activities yesterday. Uh-huh. All right. A couple has been charged in a multi-million dollar gambling scheme. Here's what happened. They so the, the married couple, the woman whose name is Khan, ironically, nice. conning the casino. She um she was worked at the casino as a car dealer. So they they cheated at Baccarat. And Baccarat, I believe, is a probability game, and people bet like crazy on that game. Uh-huh. And people will win a lot of money on that game too, if you're really, really like rain man about the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And so she had this nice sleight of hand thing going where she would shuffle and she would be able to take a teensy weensy peek at the cards and find a way to signal to her husband who would be playing at the table what what was what the cards were going to be and he would bet accordingly. So he won over and over and over again to the point where they had accumulated four million dollars before they got caught and the casino was like hold on a minute there's something going on here and this was up in livermore up in the bay area oh wow yeah no wait what happens with that four million dollars like i cannot i'm sure they put it in houses and cars and saved it like what happens yeah i think they gotta they gotta pay and then they'll say no we don't have any money and then they'll be like okay well you have to do community service for the rest of your life (laughs) worth it well i mean kind (laughs) of why did they stop at four oh wait because they got arrested because they got caught that is it for news or lose it more drop the subject on the way we're going to talk about mail-in voting and why trump is against it when we come back drop the subject the new channel Q. Uh, yes, drop the subject. That's right. You came to the right place. If you missed anything, we have covered much, much, much on the show today. And uh, you definitely want to download that podcast. It's here for you whenever you miss it. Hey, you don't have to worry about going to the bathroom and being like, no, I missed everything. What was the camp? What what game was that couple gambling on? How did they screw everybody out of money? How did they do it? And you're like, oh, good thing I have the podcast so I can download everything and not miss a moment. Ta-da! Well, Let's talk about mail-in ballots, shall we? It is such a hot topic. The USPS has become surprisingly a hot topic this year. 
First of all, it was about the Bugs Bunny and drag stamps. And now this. Now the U.S. Postal Service is kind of in a precarious situation because they need funding because they're the U.S. Postal Service. They've been struggling for a while, but also people are ordering things like crazy right now and they need to be operational. Plus, everybody's going to be doing mail-in ballots this November. No one's going to want to go to the polls if this, especially if what's his name, Robert Redford said that the, uh, uh, it's going to be the worst fall ever, right, James? Red Redfield, yeah. I'm sure Robert Redford probably said the same thing, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Robert Redfield would also like to be played by Robert Redford. <laughs> mm, I would agree. But he did. Um, and uh, this is, Ali, this is crazy because already, so California, Colorado, Hawaii, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, Vermont, and Washington, D.C., and yes, I'm reading that, are automatically sending people mail-in ballots already ahead of time. They're saying, you're going to vote by mail. And so we know this is happening, right? Just like you were saying, people aren't going to want to stand in lines. Coronavirus is a thing. But the U.S. Postal Service is like failing. They are struggling big time. They have been for years. And so the Democrats have been saying, let's send them more money so they can handle all of the mail-in ballots so we do it the right way and we elect the correct person or, you know, who the people, who the people want for <laughs> the presidency. And so um, DJ got on Fox Business with Maria Bartiromo on Thursday and basically said, long story short, he said, I'm not going to give the U.S. Postal Service any money. And Maria Bartiromo was like, why? And he basically is like, so that they can't do mail-in ballots. It, it, this is the wildest, wildest thing. They want $25 billion, billion for the post office. Now, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, in the meantime, they aren't getting there. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. They want... Well, what the hell is this asshat talking about? He... I mean, it's that's why I sort of had to like sum it up because it's a little even Maria Bartiromo, who's like, whatever. But she was like, what? Wait, what? What are you talking about? And he basically goes on to say, like, everyone had a, a fit over this. Understandably so. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, like other news outlets, even on Fox News, they were like, wait, wait a minute. First of all, there is not there's been very, very few documented cases of actual mail in voter fraud in the history of being able to mail in your vote in this country. It's very rare and it uh, not really ever happened on a national level. And how else are people going to vote like you, even the Republicans, even the people who want to vote for Donald Trump? Like, how are they going to vote, dude? Like, you can't do this. Well, and it's part of the relief package for coronavirus. So the Dem the Democrats are like, here's part of the relief package. We need to also allocate some money for the U.S. Postal Service so they can survive and handle all the mail. <laughs> like in general, not just specific to the election, in general. Just and in so general, right. Trump is refusing to sign the coronavirus relief package because of the election. So directly costing the lives of more people in this country because of his own damn election because of his own selfishness i mean it's just this man continues to put himself first and to put other people's lives in danger and uh -huh. to literally kill people he's literally been killing thousands of people yep um really cool let's take a break <laughs> <laughs> we'll drop the subject when we come back drop the subject the new Channel Q. Well, unfortunately, it is time to say goodbye here on Drop the Subject. But the good news is that we love hearing from you and we have heard from some of you. Wanted to share a couple of messages that we got recently. I'm Allie here with Dr. James Simmons, my lovely co-host. And it's been another fantastic week together. We're so glad we can bring you the show every day. And if you like what you're hearing, give us a follow. Give us a like. It really helps us out at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, downloading that podcast. You can also check out the show via robot by telling Alexa or Google Home or whatever robot lady runs your household. You can just tell her to put on channel Q and she will do so. Got a new message from a listener, a newish listener named John, who uh, wrote to us and said, 
hi guys uh, no they didn't say hi guys they said hi Allie just wanted to say <laughs> that you and James give me life every day and you Aww. two have amazing chemistry even via zoom I wow. stumbled across channel Q by accident earlier this year and have been a fan ever since I've been off work since April and the entire channel Q lineup from sunrise to sunset has made the lockdown a little more bearable I find myself laughing out loud daily and passersby probably think I'm crazy as I laugh and talk to myself listening to you two carry on while I'm driving. Thank you. Thank you for the daily entertainment virtual hugs signed Channel Q fan who now talks to himself. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's like the <laughs> nicest message ever. I know. Thank you so much, John. John P oh, on Instagram. We thanks, absolutely P. appreciate it. Yes, it's so nice to hear from you guys. Uh, from, ah, from you all. <laughs> Y'all, uh, you can do it. So hard. Y'all. All right, I'll do it. Um, I also got a message that I wanted to share with uh, with you all. Uh, Mish on on Instagram reached out to me directly and said, um, could you please look into this story and spread the word? Um, This is a family member of hers, and this is a story that you may have seen making the rounds, but it needs some more attention. The hashtag justice for Tiana Arata. Uh, Tiana Arata is a 20-year-old protester who's been out and been extremely active this year um, in terms of all the protests that have been going on. She's been actively protesting for a long time, and she is now looking, she was arrested, and she is now looking at 15 years for protesting. Um, and Mish says years. she's she's her cousin, yeah, and she is just a, a very positive light in this world, and she needs any and all help. So, if you just search the hashtag the hashtag Justice for Tiana Arata, that's uh, Justice for T I A N N A A R A T A, and you can uh, there's a I'm seeing a post here from Taraji P Henson who's spreading the word about her case as well. So. Uh, there, uh, I hope that if you search the hashtag, which I'm going to do right now, there are ways to help. I'm sure a petition or to donate or something of that nature. Yeah, I, I actually just literally while we were doing this, I googled Ali some things, and um, there's there's a Facebook page where you can go to as well if you just type in you know Tiana Arata um, and some other places where you can go. There's actually uh, there's a bail fund that they're putting together right now as well, and some there's a GoFundMe campaign, and then there's also a petition as well. Um, so right. and there that petition is very specifically asking them to drop the charges against uh, Tiana Arata, and this was uh, actually in San Luis Obispo here in California. So um, definitely do that, and as well, I want to be sure <clears throat> and mention Brett Hankinson, Jonathan Mattingly, and Miles Cosgrove, the three officers who shot and killed Brianna Taylor. It has been 150 days exactly, yeah, 150 yeah. days, 151 days. Sorry, and. Um, they have not been arrested yet, um, and there's really no mu- no movement in the case. And I know we've talked about before that this is a, a really complicated issue, um, but at the end of the day, as more details slowly leak out about what we know about that day, um, we know that it's actually worse than what our nightmares probably were, and that yeah. there has been no justice for Breonna Taylor as well. So as we... As I said on my Instagram, I reposted from somebody else, just because your feed is back to normal doesn't mean that black lives don't matter anymore. They still do, and we still have a lot of work to do. And thank you, listeners, not only for all the love, but also for bringing attention to stories that we need. want to be sure to share with everyone. Yes, yeah. Thank you for holding us accountable. Thank you for sharing these, and we will continue to share them and spread the word. I'll put this on my Instagram story as well. I'll put it on ours, at DTS Show, and at your Ali Johnson, so that you can... Uh, get all the information you need. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you for another exciting week, and we look forward to much more. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye. Drop the subject. The new channel Q.